This episode is brought to you by Red Riding Hood, the manga-inspired take on the classic fairy tale for readers grades K through 2, written by Christina Oxtra. In Red Riding Hood, readers review the classic story in a brand new way, with twists in the story, more diverse characters, and featuring Japanese aesthetics incorporated throughout. Red Riding Hood is part of a series published by Capstone and written by various artists with unique takes on your childhood favorites. Look out for Red Riding Hood, available on Amazon and your local bookstores. Congratulations, Christine, on your first published book. The link is in the show description. and welcome to 1v1 with Boss Rush Games. I'm your host, Celeste Roberts of Nintendo Power Block and another Zelda podcast. This evening, I have the pleasure of interviewing BUTV, Community Manager at Whiteborn Games, former Mixer Community Champion, Alice and B Simulator, and Indie Games ASMR streamer on Twitch. Hey, Hi. good evening. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited. Oh, no, thank you. It's the pleasure's all ours. Thank you for making time. We wanted people to get to know you and what you're doing, especially since you've moved from Mixer to Twitch now. Yeah, it's been a, a big change. I'm still kind of adjusting and figuring everything out. There's all kinds of stuff to relearn and set up. So, yeah, it's been a, it's been a journey. <laughs> That's all right. I'm sure you had to do the same thing with, with Mixer. I had to learn it from the ground up and... I know, it's, yeah. it's just kind of annoying when you get started on something, then you have to get out of your comfort zone. That's all. one thing you definitely learn as a streamer. You were always having to learn something new, and as soon as you figure it out, a new thing comes along, and you got to relearn a new thing. Oh, um, wow. But it's always something. But it has to be fun, I, I imagine. Yes, I love it because you just don't get bored. Like there's always something new, you know, it's, you can make it whatever you want. And I, I love that freedom to express myself in whatever way that I, I feel like that week. So it's, uh, it's always been, always been a really fun adventure. Can you imagine if this had been around just, oh gosh, like when our parents and grandparents were around, I mean, you were, you were pretty much limited except for home movies. <laughs> right. On yeah, VCRs. Didn't have that that platform to to share your life with other people. Um it would have been interesting to like see our parents, you know, as teenagers and stuff and <laughs> playing their games and 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 things like that. It would it would be pretty crazy. I wonder um I wonder how the next like generation's going to feel when they're like, "Mom, like you were playing video games like, you know, it'll, <laughs> you, were on, you were live on the internet. <laughs> it'll be, it'll be interesting. I can't believe you said that mom. Like, <laughs> I know. It's just all recorded. So. Kind of like those uh, rock stars whenever they start having kids. <laughs> right. <laughs> that cracks me up. All right. So BU, why do you prefer BU or BU TV? BU is good. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. So still what? trying to get that name on Twitch. I've got to contact them to see if they'll if they'll release the name for me. But oh, really? They have to do that. That's a like a, if, a process. If the, yeah, if the account is inactive, it's possible they'll release it if I can prove that it's my brand. Um, but I haven't uh, uh, dove into that yet, so we'll see. Um, yeah. But UTV works too. 
Okay, uh, so why don't you tell us about your name? What in what inspired that? So I used to be called Sissy Panda, and that had just been a gamer tag that I came up with in two seconds back when I was like 15 or 16. And I couldn't think of anything else when I created my Twitch account to make it. So I was just, I'll just leave it, whatever, you know, I'm just having fun. Um, and it took me three years to rebrand because I've never really cared for my old name. Um, so one day I was in the car and I'm like, okay, I have to finally come up with something new. I just can't do this any longer. So I had this three hour trip, the entire three hours. I'm just brainstorming. I'm, I'm like, what does my brand represent? Like, what am I trying to achieve? What am I, you know, what, what is my core values? And I'm just like all these words I'm just pulling out of my head. Like, do I want it to be animal related? Does it need to be, uh, you know, an anagram or like, I'm just coming up with like all of these things. And then I finally got on the topic of like, okay, well, I want people to be themselves. I want them to be positive. And I'm like, wait, that might be fun. Be positive. How can I work that in? And then all of a sudden I was like, be you. And I was like, be you like the letters and then i was like wait what if it was a b like a bumblebee and then you and we'll spell it funny and uh yeah so it hit me and i'm like that's perfect because bees are community animals like they need each other to do their jobs in the hive to work together to you know maintain <laughs> maintain the hive and i was like oh i'll be the queen bee we'll have worker bees there will be soldier bees as subs my mods could be beekeepers i was like it's perfect it's cute branding bright yellows and i was you know super excited when it finally hit me but when it hit me i knew it i knew that was it and um and then i did all the planning to uh surprise my stream with a rebrand when i got partnered so the day i got partnered i i did this whole little surprise rebrand oh, that, i really like it it's cute and you have a little bee emoji next to your name too are you a fan of honey Oh, yes. Yes. Um, I wasn't like super into bees before the whole branding. Um, but afterwards, I'm like obsessed. If there's a bee on something, I'm buying it. But I also have been collecting local honey. Anytime I find some, I'll, I've got all these different jars of honey that I save. Um, honey doesn't expire, so I can keep it as long as I want. So I just have a, a collection I'm starting. <laughs> That's awesome. And have you ever seen the pictures of the little bumblebees stuck in the flowers? <laughs> the little bee butts. And stuff. Yes. Those are so cute. And bees just, they make me happy. I, I know that they can sting us, but they, they're not, maybe some are aggressive, but honeybees especially are, they're help so helpful. Yeah. We need them. Like you said, like with you said, with the community aspect, we need one another. And I do mm -hmm. like that. I like that positivity because I mean, to get, what is it, divided we fall, together we conquer. Exactly. So We're all in it together. We're here to support each other and lift each other up. And I, I absolutely love, love the honeybees because I feel like that's their whole goal, too. So. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Very sweet sentiment to it as well. I love, I love learning people's names and even, like, the meanings behind names and things like that. So obviously you like video games since you stream them. Yes. So do you have any, what are some of your earliest memories with video games? And you may have touched on this in our women's panel. Yes, by the way, everyone, B was on our very first women's panel with Boss Rush Games. But in case you were not there, would you like to tell people about some of your earliest memories? I'd love to. Um, so 
When I was little, my step-grandfather, uh, I think, was the first person to really introduce me to, like, technology. He had a computer. He was a doctor, so he did, you know, a lot of work on his computer. Old, I think it was an old Windows computer of some kind. I don't remember. I just remember this, like, sequence of something flying through, like, a window. I have no idea what kind of computer it was. <laughs> but anytime we would uh, go over and stay with my grandparents... He would take time with us to play uh, video games. And the first ones I remember playing was the Magic School Bus. Um, I was between seven and nine. I don't remember. Um, somewhere in there. And uh, so, yeah, me and my brother would get to, to sit in his office. And uh, it, one of them was a dinosaur-related one. And I think another one was like an underwater. Uh, so those are my very early memories. And then my first console... Uh, was like a hand-me-down that my uncle didn't want anymore. Uh, I had a 3DO. For those of you who don't know, it's a Panasonic system, and it was one of the first systems to play CDs. Um, so I started with that one and then got uh, an NES. So me and my brother used those for a long time before we got any newer consoles. Um, I think the GameCube was the first like modern one that I got. Um, so <laughs> it was a, a long gap of uh, just like these old-school ones. Um, and we would just pick up our games from yard sales and flea markets. And um, I miss, I miss like picking up a game and not knowing what it was about. It's like, oh, mm -hmm. the pictures on this one's cool. Like, who knows what it's going to be? And then like just being super excited to get home and put it in and, and find out what kind of game it was. Um, but now, you know, we have YouTube. It's like, oh, what is this about? <laughs> I can watch yeah. like eight reviews before playing it, you know? So are you a, so are you a fan of diving in or do you like to research games now before you play them? Uh, I just like to dive in. I, I don't want to know anything about it. <laughs> I just want to mm -hmm. try it out and see what it's like. Um, after working in the game industry with a lot of indie titles, um, I don't really like going off reviews because I think a lot of games have something special to offer from the game developer, especially the really tiny studios. Like, even if the game isn't getting good reviews, it might just not appeal to the broader audience, but it might mm -hmm. touch me in a way with the story. I might relate to it. But a lot of them are really niche, and I just really appreciate what the game developers put in with the art and music. And even if it's their first game, I can appreciate something about it. Like, somebody made this. Yeah, it's their blood, sweat, and tears into mm -hmm. that. People, we, we take it for granted, I think especially now, because I have a, a Switch, and I have a PS4 and an Xbox, but especially on the Switch, you can just go to the store, and you see all these games for super cheap. So <laughs> just people, people kind of take it for granted how much work goes into these projects and the bugs that they have to fix, the coding. Right? Mm -hmm, yeah, I mean, it could take, you know, two to five years to make the game. And then, yeah. you know, after launch, everyone's finding all the bugs and you're not done with the game after you've made it. You've got to continue to patch it and respond to the community. It's a lot of work. Um, before I got into the game industry, I don't think I realized how much work went into them. And I didn't know a lot about indie games. Um, so it's been a it's been a cool adventure actually getting really personal with it. That is awesome. And I think a lot of people would envy you, your position for sure. And so think about how it was when you were talking about like the GameCube and NES era. If there was a, a bug in a game, I don't I think that was it, right? Like, we called them? <laughs> I, I, I don't know 
much about how they dealt with things like that. I'm sure there were probably game-breaking bugs where they did have to recall the cartridges. I, I, I actually, I'm really curious now. I might look into the history of uh, what happened when when games didn't work. Yeah, I know they re-released like Ocarina of Time. They removed the music from the Fire Temple and they changed it so it wasn't chanting because some people thought it was some kind of like subliminal messages. Oh no! Yeah, <laughs> video games are bad for you. <laughs> yes, like we need another person waving their their angry stick at us. <laughs> They're going to cause violence. They're going to cause us to form a cult or something. <laughs> right? I don't know. Oh, that's crazy. I didn't know about that. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing to see how far video games have come. Um, do you like, do you still like to play a lot of retro titles or you kind of keep up with what's going on? I haven't lately, but as soon as I, as soon as I get some of my stuff fixed up, I want to set up a retro game capture so I can go back mm-hmm. and play them because they're still good games. Just because they're old doesn't mean they're bad. So um, I bought a bunch the other day at a yard sale and I'm like, I don't know what's on this. I want to play it. And I, I'm not going to go look on YouTube. I'm like, I bought these games for the, you know, the excitement of what is it? So uh, I, I do want to eventually get my retro consoles and stuff set back up. Awesome. It, what, are, what would you say is, was your favorite NES title? Bubble Bobble. Is my bubble favorite. Bubble. Yeah. <laughs> that one, uh, me and my brother, my brother is two years younger than me. So he was always like, you know, sister, play games with me. So mm-hmm. he was just always dragging me to play games, whether I wanted to or not. But that one was one that I really enjoyed. Um, we would play it for as long as mom would let us. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah. going through each little level and the little dinosaurs are so cute. And um yeah, that one was really fun. I'm trying to think of like another one. We played a lot of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle titles. Um, yeah, there's always something. I couldn't tell you the names because me and my brother would come up with like names that weren't on the cartridge to name the games. <laughs> we knew what we were talking about, but I wouldn't be able to tell you. That's a cute idea. It's like a little secret code, a little inside inside world that you guys are creating. That's really mm-hmm. fun. Oh, I mean, video games have shaped the world so much and do you do you find them to be akin to art i know that's a popular argument some people think they are some people don't think they're art i a hundred percent think they are um after working as community manager i get to work with the developers and they have to make the music there has to be a writer um, sometimes the developers do all of it. Sometimes they they have a team. But yeah, you've got your your art and your programming. In a way, is an art, in my opinion, uh, because you have to take complete creative control over where your game is going. Yeah, the um, yeah the writing and the music. Um, it's yeah, it's 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 like bringing different industries all together into one thing and so anytime i'm talking to my friends who aren't in the game industry who have these talents i'm like how much do you like games <laughs> have you thought about oh, trying wow. your skills in the game industry um and some of them it piques their interest and they're like oh it'd be really cool to put one of my songs in a game like mm-hmm. um so it all kind of it does tie into multiple different arts i i agree with that it's it's so much work and especially now with video games telling stories more and more 
And you brought up a good point about everybody who's involved. So with a book, there's an author, maybe multiple authors with a movie or TV show, there are multiple people involved. And then video games add that extra layer with programming. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then uh, the translators that go into yes. as well. Um, there's Yeah, there's so many different, like, and then you've got marketing and uh, just business management and producers. And yeah, when you get bigger teams and bigger games, like it, it expands where it's not all just like all on one person. Yeah. Um, it, it requires so many different talents to put a game out. And I, I think a lot of people don't realize that they're just like, what studio, get my game out already. It's, it's not easy, <laughs> especially if you're translating and that takes time and, and play I testing. And <laughs> I know. I hate seeing people get so angry. I'm thinking, come on, you know, this isn't going to be an overnight venture, you guys. And do you want it to be perfected or do you want the buggy mess that is not a true representation <laughs> of this masterpiece? <laughs> The developers can't win. <laughs> no. I think Halo got delayed, did it? Didn't it? Yes. Um, yes. Halo got delayed, which yeah, I'm like, like, okay. Okay. Yeah. Please, please don't work our game developers to death. Please <laughs> let them, no. let them take their time. Um, because the players put all that pressure on the, on the publishers and stuff. And, and then they put the pressure on the devs and, you know, they, they have families they need to, to go hang out with too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's still a job. It's it, just because it's not something as obvious, I guess, as obvious as like teaching or being a firefighter or working in an office, tr a traditional office, if they're not able to enjoy their lives outside of that one identity, how are they going to deliver? Right. Yeah. They need downtime too. Oh, 100%. But that leads us to our next topic with Whitethorn Games. So that's where, that is your, your main job in addition to streaming, mm -hmm. right? It is, so, yes. Yeah. So what can you tell us about Whitethorn and tell us about how long you've been there? What is your role? What is your impact on the games that you publish? Great. Um, so where to start? Um, I met Whitethorn, I believe, back in 2018 at PAX West, I believe. Everything runs together after you've been to enough cons. Um, yeah, 2018 at PAX West. I was there because of streaming. Um, I was at an event called ID at Xbox, and that's the indie um, indie game um, area of Xbox where they cater to all of their indie titles. And you're in a room, and everyone's showing their games. And uh, we had special access because I was a Mixer partner. Um, so shout out to Mixer for <laughs> getting us in there. And I'm checking out all the games wandering around. And in the very back, around a corner, you, you didn't see it, there's a game called where the bees make honey. And since I'm bee branded, I was like, oh my God, you guys made me a game. This is like literally <laughs> the last game I saw on the show floor there. And uh, I started chatting with them. I'm like, I'd love to stream your game when it comes out. Like, let's, you know, exchange information. And then Matt, the CEO, uh, invited me to another event later that week called uh, The Mix. And it's another uh, the, uh, media indie exchange, another big indie showcase. And I, yeah, I chatted with them, got to know them. And then a couple months later, they messaged me and they're like, hey, you're a streamer. You're probably pretty good at community management. Are you interested in a job? We really like, you know, working with you at PAX West. And I'm like, what? Uh, so I started uh, doing some work for them with just social media posts. And uh, they started taking me to cons and uh, 
teaching me about the industry. And, and uh, so I've slowly like learned about my job as I've grown with them. Um, but at the time, they had only released one game when I met them called Beans. It's a coffee shop simulator, super pixely, really funny jokes, and just like a real chill coffee shop simulator with a little fun story. Um, so I've got to watch Whitethorn launch so many games and grow so quickly since then. It's been it's been quite the adventure so far. <laughs> That's awesome. And to think it all it's all because of your name and your right. interest, your affinity for bees. Isn't that crazy like how the universe works sometimes? <laughs> but Yeah, but so is that so before you were streaming, were you involved in any kind of um, creative work uh, professionally or um I used to be a professional face painter. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I've, I've always been into just like odd jobs. I worked at a dog daycare for a while and it's always been all over the place because my interests just bounce so quickly, which is why I like streaming because as soon as my interest like changes, I just, oh, I'm just going to stream this now. Mm -hmm. um, but I hadn't done any other than like managing my own community with streaming. I hadn't done anything in a, a, a professional field, I guess. Um, uh, usually community managers need experience to get the job or back like some sort of education. Um, I was very thankful that Whitethorn was willing to take a risk and, and, uh, bring me on, but they were, you know, a small indie studio at the time too. And they were learning what, you know, how to, how to run their business and develop their brand. So I got to be a part of that process and watching Whitethorn grow. Um, I believe you asked uh, like what my role kind of has been mm -hmm. um, with the company. So as a community manager, we usually have a, a bunch of different tasks. Um, I do everything from like planning sales, a little bit of like marketing, planning meetings at cons. I got to design the booth at PAX East, which was super fun. For this um, year? In yeah, February, yeah. I think mm -hmm. It was our first booth, and uh, yeah, they they let me have the task to. All right, I'm gonna have you know these monitors here and a table for our merchandise here, and we're gonna have you know something with a reel going. And um, that sounds so cool. <laughs> I can, your face is lighting up. If you guys are watching this on YouTube, her face is lighting up. It's so sweet. <laughs> I, it was it was so fun, and it went it went really well. We had a great time at Paxi's, and sadly. We didn't get to do other ones this year, but it's okay because we've learned a lot being, you know, working from home and not going to cons because we had to recalibrate and, mm -hmm. and figure out how to um, continue to move forward. And so we've learned a lot um, through that. Uh, so, um, yeah, so uh, Whitethorn, you know, they had a kind of a, a loose concept at the beginning, what, what they wanted, low stress, kind of pick up and put down games where you're not having to commit 100 hours. Mm -hmm. And so it kind of developed into this comfy, cozy, cute, uh, story-driven, um, thoughtful experiences. And so our team um, has all kind of together developed it, and it's just grown kind of naturally. And so now that we have a pretty good grasp on our brand, we're able to look at the games now that come in. So another part of my job, which is super fun, is uh, getting to see all the pitches where people want us to publish them. Oh, <laughs> I love that because we get to play these demos of games that aren't out yet or like even like mentioned to anybody. It, it's hard because I'm not allowed to talk about them, but yeah. um, <laughs> I, we get to play them. And, and you know, we have a, a group of people who work with us that 
you know, we have conversations like, oh, it, it was good in this area, but I think it's a little too gritty or, you know, it doesn't represent our values or this one, like, it's perfect. It's cute, adorable, cozy. You know, it made me feel good. We get to give that feedback and and help decide which games we're working with next, which having input for the company you work with is something I've never experienced at another job because corporates are like, no, you can't like, you know, you don't get to to decide those things. So being a voice in the company has been really valuable to me. That's really awesome. And that's a, that's a great point about having the opportunity to have a voice because uh, with bigger companies, you're kind of just a number. And some people like that. They like the anonymity, but with the smaller, the company and more family oriented, probably more intimate setting in, in a good way mm-hmm. where they know your names, they see your strengths firsthand. I, I'm assuming you, you get a chance to work with the owner. Yes. Yeah. So, I work, yeah. yeah. I work very closely. Um, Matt, Matt White is the, the CEO um, and founder of White Thorn. And uh, yeah, so I, I work very closely with him um, planning and stuff. And he's, he's very patient with me because uh, a lot of my job is, Hey, you've never done this before. I need help. But he's he's always willing to to help answer my questions and get me in the right direction. And um, yeah, I, I get bored easy with things. So whenever whenever I finally like figure out, oh, I have these cells planned out. I know how this works. It's super easy now. He'll put something else on my plate. He's like, okay, you know how to do that. Here's your new task. And it's a it's it's good. I really like it because it's still challenging without being super overwhelming. Now you said that with community managers, they a bigger company, for example, would want someone with uh, credentials, so to speak. But I would mm-hmm. assume they'd also, a big thing is your personality. And I, I see you on Twitter interacting with your followers and having fun. And y- you voice some concerns every now and then to help people. I find that's a great way to connect with people because nobody always has a good day. But and, and I find that you help to elevate people with whenever we talk and I see people flock to you and they, they enjoy your, your banter back and forth. They enjoy seeing your dog. <laughs> I enjoy seeing the dog. <laughs> yeah. little Ollie. I'm surprised he's not in here asking me to take him outside right now. Oh, God. <laughs> Usually he's like, mom, because like he just gets all the attention all the time. So now when I'm streaming, he's like, mom, pay attention to me. Why are you talking to your camera again? <laughs> he's so sweet. He's adorable. But I think, uh, I think that would be a big strength is to have the personality to be a community manager, right? I think I think that is very important. Um, and I think you'll notice a lot of community managers um, are are very public and, you know, their face is always out there and, and their personality kind of reflects the company. Um, most of them aren't behind the scenes so much. Some of them are. Some of them is just like they're experts at the social media and, you know, they know how to edit and cut content and, and throw it out there. And you don't know who they are. But I'm um, Kim Chica is the community developer for uh, Rose City Games. And she's lovely. And she streams and, and really connects to the audience as well. And um, Victoria Tran is also a, um, a really great community manager. And she does wonderful work and is always making funny TikToks and stuff that we all, like, relate to in the game industry. And she's oh, gosh. <laughs> Um, but does a wonderful job with um, Boyfriend Dungeon. Uh-huh. Um, so there, there is like this kind of group of the community managers all know each other. And so when we go to cons, we're always like, you know, exchanging tips and tricks and, and you know, grabbing a drink and just, you know, 
complaining a little bit about our jobs sometimes. <laughs> but they can commiserate with you. Yeah, we all support each other. And it's like, oh, these reviews on the game. Like, why are these people saying these things? Um, but yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. And um, yeah, the, the game industry is really like, at least my experience has been very supportive. Um, it's it's a it's it's a lot smaller, I think, than people realize too. If I don't know, it, it's a pretty tight knit. Everyone kind of knows everybody. Interesting. I, I guess that you mean as far as um, the whole gaming industry, or just like the indie game? At least the indie scene. Um, okay. So, like when we go to PAX, you have like the indie mega booth. So you're surrounded by other game developers and and uh, publishers and things. So you, you you know you do that, and they usually have like cocktail hours and um, different meetups and stuff where we all like you know exchange business cards, get to know each other. Hey, I know this great music composer who's been working on our game. If you're looking for one, you know, you, you do a lot of networking. Um, but you do make really good friends too. I've I've definitely met some really awesome, talented people uh in the in the space. That's one thing I really like about the job is I get to meet composers and artists and um, you know, other streamers and things like that. That is really cool. And not many people can say that. You you actually get to see something go from its infancy all the way to adulthood and you Gently send it off to college <laughs> or to the real world. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's the scary day. The launch, game launch days are like, are they gonna like it? I hope they love it. <laughs> oh, so, so yeah, those those are fun. So, as a community manager, can you? So, you've shared a lot of positives. Are there any challenges you want to share? Hmm. Um. Just learning. Um to take the negative comments you get on social media. Um, I, I feel like we haven't dealt with a whole lot of bad stuff with White Thorn. Our games are very soft and kind of appeal to not the the gamers, <laughs> to, no, so to I say. Uh, but we, we have a lot more like casual gamers or people who don't identify um, as a gamer. And uh, they're very, they're, you know, we talk about plants and cooking and stuff outside of our, our little narrative games and things. And so we've had we've had pretty positive um, responses, but you know, we'll get like a nasty game review on YouTube or, you know, on steam. And it's like, why do you have to be that way? So trying to like learn to navigate that and to respond to these people in a, a way where I, you know, I just want to, you know, strangle them, but I can't. So <laughs> just like, Oh, thanks for your feedback, you know, with a smile, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. keep that in mind for next time. I, it would be, I wish that people would offer constructive criticism instead of ranting (laughs) with I I mean I guess that applies to anything in life like okay how can we get better I just I just don't like it okay well what (laughs) what don't you like everything (laughs) Mm, yeah okay um (laughs) do you think the the pacing was strange do you wish that the characters have been developed more I just don't like it yeah, I, I just want to protect all my game devs. I'm like, don't listen to them. It's okay. Because <laughs> I know, I mean, I haven't put a game out. And I know it has to be so personal um, for these game devs to see some of the reviews. Because it doesn't matter if your game's perfect. There's going to be bad reviews. Um, so I, I know that has to be hard when, you know, they put all of this heart and years into this for people to just tear it up. And and usually usually people are mad about something that's like just not their taste. Hey, this game wasn't for you. You didn't like the story. You didn't connect to it. 
And because you'll get that review, you'll get the this is terrible. But then you'll get these reviews like this game changed my life. It was so good. I cried. Thank you. You know, you've got all these really positive. You have to focus on those. And as a streamer, I've learned, you know, yeah, trolls like whatever. Um, you let it, you know, slide off your your back or whatever. But yeah, when the game devs are releasing their first game and it's a personal thing to them, like I know that's got to be really hard. Yeah, and, and that's a good point that you brought up about it's not somebody's cup of tea. I don't, uh, for, for example, oh, there's probably there are probably game genres you you don't really gravitate towards. There's that doesn't mean there's something wrong with it, but I I I don't know how we could provide substantial reviews on them. It wouldn't be fair. Yeah, I I just don't review them and don't play them if I don't like it. I have a super unpopular opinion. Uh, Go for it. I. I don't like Ori in the Blind Forest. That's an unpopular. Like, I mean, I, I didn't realize like, it was a hot. T- <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, okay, so the game is absolutely gorgeous. The art, the music, the story, the gameplay bothers me, um, and my stream always gets on me for talking bad about the game. But the I, I don't think the gameplay is as accessible as I'd like it to be. Uh, you have to really like finger karate through the game and it's like i don't get to enjoy this story because i had to walk back and forth in the map like a million times and play through this one level i couldn't get past like over and over dying constantly and i'm like what about the people who can't like you know it's not there's not enough accessibility in my opinion for the type of game it is but but the more hardcore gamers who are into like the more challenging because challenging games can be very rewarding when you beat them Mm -hmm. but i just wish that the easy mode was like super easy um just because i just want to enjoy the music and the story but that's the games that that was there you know that's what they wanted to make and i appreciate what it is but you know i'm not going to give them a bad review it's still an amazing game that people love but it wasn't for me so okay i mean look at how many different genres of music there are how many different tv shows movies and now video games it's yeah you can't I wouldn't want to please everybody because I wouldn't feel like I'm being genuine to myself. Mm-hmm. You got to be you. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good point. Yeah. So, yeah, it's just like kind of that kind of situation. It's like, if you didn't like it, that's okay. You know, you can voice your opinion. Hey, it wasn't my thing. But I, I'm not going to give you one star. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like, it's, people are just mean. They are. Yeah. <laughs> So regarding being a community manager, what is a day in the life like? Do you set your own hours? Do you have office hours? So right now, since I'm working from home, um, the uh, white phone's pretty, uh, I wouldn't say slack. They're pretty uh, relaxed. <laughs> They're pretty <laughs> relaxed about um, what I'm doing as long as I'm getting stuff done. So I'll have kind of a loose guideline like, hey, we need some more cells for September um we really need some you know more gifts made or can you build the put some more stuff on the website like i'll have like kind of a loose thing but you know i i can get up at you know 10 o'clock and start working or you know do a little bit here a little bit there but um yeah so it's not super structured but as soon as our new office is done i'll be able to go into work at like normal hours and uh i'll have a stream studio and a, a workspace where i can you know, yell over my shoulder at our coworkers and be like, "Hey, I'm doing this thing. Can you can you give me some input? Like, will you check this for me? Um, when does you know when when is the deadline for that? It'll be really nice to have. I, I can't wait to have like that human interaction at work. To oh, I feel like I'm yeah. more productive in an office. 
but um yeah so i'll wake up i'll check our social medias browse to my emails contact people for podcasts uh check to make sure my game devs are, are good and let them know what cells they have coming up um that kind of thing oh so awesome. it's it's pretty broad <laughs> like day to day but you don't feel like you're micromanaged no not at all um I'm, I'm mostly just like kind of pushed in the right directions if i'm if there's something that needs extra focus um cons though when cons are coming up that one that one gets that's when i get the most stressed because mm-hmm. you got to plan all these meetings and have all these like you know you have to be very organized and um and send out you know a bunch of press releases i've done a little bit of press release writing not my favorite thing that's been my challenge uh, i didn't do, I, I don't do a lot of writing so i'll you know i'll type up an email and send it to matt and he'll be like okay well we'll change this and this and i try to learn each time but uh and then just do we have all the items ordered and all these checklists so mm-hmm. those 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 times before cons are very very high stress well not high stress but you know you gotta pay attention and be on top yeah. of it but it sounds like you wear a lot of hats then. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the indie, indie game industry for you. Um, we, we all kind of have to pick up where we can and, um, you know, <laughs> do what we can with what we've got. Because, you know, you don't have the big budgets to hire a whole bunch of people to have these individual tiny micro jobs. Um, but it's been fun watching Whitethorn go from hey, there's three of us to, you know, now we have an art director and marketing and we, we've added people as we've grown to support um, support that. So it's been it's been interesting to watch it, watch it change. And that has to be so rewarding for you to have been there when it at its almost its inception. <laughs> right. Yeah. Just the, yeah. Just about um, our first game that um, I launched was January 31st, 2019 with Bombfest. Um, so, yeah, it's grown a lot since 2019. So, wow. Um, Only a year ago. Yeah. So we've launched one, two, three, four, five, six, six games so far, maybe. I guess I have six in front of me. There might be another one that I'm missing, but it's been quite a few games. Like we we ramped up pretty quick. And so. that's in the span of how long? Two years. Two years. Wow. Congratulations. That Thank that you. really is an accomplishment. I mean wow. And especially all the work you have to do with cons and mm-hmm. um, Yeah. Uh cons um are fun because so we had our own little booth where we were trying to show we were showing a lot of games that hadn't come out yet. Like we have a game coming out called Lake and the Forest Cathedral. So we were doing a lot of uh, media interviews with the press and stuff. Um, but our games, like our individual game developers, so we're the publisher. Our job is to re- sometimes do fund ga- Publishers do all kinds of different things. So sometimes it's funding, sometimes mm-hmm. it's porting, marketing. Uh, there's all kinds of different things that, that we'll do the translations. So we kind of pick up the slack that the devs can't do. Uh, so you have all these different dev teams that we work with. So they'll be at their own booths as well. So I'll be bouncing between their locations because they'll be doing their own thing. Like the whole booth is for their game. And then our booth kind of represents the whole, you know, the publisher. And we try to show off as many of our titles as we can. And uh, 
it's yeah, it's a lot to manage to make sure you're wrangling everybody, making sure people are taking their breaks and eating and in oh, bathroom. Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, you've got to have the the support um, to do that at the cons. And luckily, uh, we have we have people who uh, volunteer sometimes to, to help us out to give us breaks or bring food. So that's really sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got we've got a lovely community that's that's very supportive. You're very, very fortunate. That's, I love it. I love hearing this kind of stuff. It's stuff that people don't don't really think about. They just think about the the game itself, but it takes a village. It's from what you're telling yes. us. Mm-hmm. Um, even when a game is, this is kind of like I guess the thing that people are a solo developer. When someone says they're a solo developer, like they made the whole game themselves, usually, but. It's never the case, and a, and a solo developer developer will tell you, "Oh no, it's not just me." Like, you know, my friends were playtesting the game. The publisher did these things. I had a composer I worked with. They'll kind of like sometimes they'll they'll do they'll get resources. Like, I need someone to do these three D models for me, and they'll have people from outside help build the game, um, even if they did you know eighty percent, ninety percent of the game themselves. There's still all these people around you that help push you along and get the game out there because it's it's hard to to do it all on your own it's a lot of work oh yeah and do, do you find that you have a good work-life balance as a community manager i feel like i do um it is super easy for community managers to fall into working all the time because social media doesn't sleep <laughs> so you know i'll catch myself at midnight like checking dms on instagram and twitter like i i don't need to be doing that so we have to really set our own limits and make sure that we're not completely consumed by work um i try to take a little time off on like weekends and stuff or i'll uh schedule post out mm-hmm. hey it'll auto post on this day just you know step away for a little bit they, they can hear back from us on monday but yeah. uh game launch weeks you're not <laughs> you're not gonna get too much of a a break so you can keep up with the the media outlets launching their the reviews and things um and making sure hey there's this bug like you know i help try to like the community manager is almost like a contact point we 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 touch like every area of you know i'm i'm in contact with the devs and my you know and this in the ceo and we we keep everything kind of connected a little bit um and the community, of course. Mm-hmm. So I'm like a contact point. Hey, I heard this from the community. They want this in the game or they had this complaint or whatever. And I go to the dev and I'm like, hey, c- can we do this? And um, so because every little area doesn't always connect. So like the artists and the programmers, like they have to work together, but they don't speak the same language a lot of times. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So you're kind of this like in between. That's a that's a really important role too. And if if someone were interested, you you were very fortunate at the con to network like that. Is there I don't I don't know if traditional is the right word. Is there is there like a more traditional path or is it more about should people be streaming to kind of connect? Should they go to cons? Should they study something in particular? Um I would, I definitely recommend going to cons and getting to know people. Um, I, I like GDC, well, maybe not GDC. That's where a lot of people connect with in the game industry. Maybe not the community managers so much, but 
when you can meet people in person and, and have conversations, um, it helps a lot. You put a face to a name. Streaming, I think, is important because as community managers, we work with the streamers. We're sending them codes and checking out their streams and promoting them and being like, hey, you know, we play our game. Mm-hmm. Um, so streaming at least a little bit to have a basic understanding, I would recommend so you know what they experience and how to talk to them because streamers are are different animal altogether. <laughs> You're like more likely to get a response back by sending them a Twitter DM than you would like sending them a professional email. Oh, right. um, <laughs> as a streamer, I'm like, please just DM me on Twitter. Like <laughs> a lot of them won't like check their emails regularly, but um I'm just picking on streamers, but uh, so traditional, I don't really know what you would go to school for communications, marketing. Um, yeah, just being able to be organized and uh, you know, a little public speaking in there. Um, I, I would say those types of things. There's just so many tasks. Uh, social media marketing is really important, uh, knowing, hey, you only use this many hashtags on Instagram and uh, TikTok videos should be you know, this long and having that understanding is really important, whether you go to school or not. So like having a good grasp on all the social media, super, super key to the job. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, it, I, I don't know if there's really a method. <laughs> um, I, a lot of the studios will post like job listings on Twitter. Hey, we're looking for a new community manager, send your resumes. Uh-huh. Um, so I guess having a good resume, showing your work, um doing that kind of thing is important i just got i got really lucky with with mine finding a a small studio um you could start out by finding like a small game dev studio and being like hey i i'm trying to get into this space could i exchange some social media work for you know maybe they can hire you and and do a little exchange on work some i don't know what you would exchange but hey i'd like to to prove myself and and get some experience let's see if we can work together on something um like uh, when i first started i i did a, a little bit just of like social media and then my trips would be covered to cons and i was like that's wonderful because as a streamer i need to be at these cons because it's mm-hmm. really important for streamers to to meet people and and uh, network as well uh, so that really was like uh, appealing to me getting started in it and then it worked out. So I'm still, still in my position. So it sounds like there are a lot of soft skills involved being a community manager, things that y- you can't really put it into writing or, or a concrete tangible skills. Like y- you have to have this, this, je ne sais quoi about talking with people and like, like with engineering and, and sciences, there are all these formulas and you're going to have this end result if you combine these things. But with being a community manager, you have to be able to read the room. Mm-hmm. A lot of that is what it sounds like. Yeah. A lot of yeah. skills. A lot. Yeah. A lot of that. Um, and depending on the size studio you work for, the requirements are going to be vastly different. You know, if you're a community manager for World of Warcraft or, you know, one of those larger companies, it's I, I don't know if I could handle that kind of stress. Oh <laughs> but um, yeah, so like they're looking for something different in their community managers um, opposed to, you know, small indie studios or publishers. Yeah, there's probably a certain personality as well that, that's what i was thinking of with with white thorn it sounds like you said little softer calmer games 
maybe <laughs> Call of Duty, looking for someone who's a little more brash. Yeah, yeah. And excitable. <laughs> Games like that are like so technical too. Like if yeah. Overwatch has characters that are not balanced, you're taking all of that feedback from your community and having to relay it. Um, and that has to be challenging to, to do that. Um, but yeah, so work on your social media skills. Learn to, ha learn to edit videos. I feel like community management and streaming kind of go together as far as like the skills you need. Learn to, and I don't edit very well, but <laughs> learn to edit, make gifts, you know, how to make cute posts, like things like that are, are really important. Um, that, well, thank you for that insight. I, I think a lot of people are going to find great value in your experience and what you're sharing. And it looks like you were also a star in a video game called Bee Simulator. Yes. Another bee-related thing that I stumbled into because of my screen name. <laughs> so is that affiliated with Whitethorn at all? It is not. It is a, a separate thing, but I did meet them because I was going to cons with Whitethorn. I met them at, I believe, PAX West the next year. So 2019 PAX West, I think. Unless I can't remember. But anyway, I met them, uh, and they were one of the, the booths, and it was a, the, the Polish game developer booth. And I'm, like, walking around, and I saw the bee. They had this, like, giant bee logo, and I'm like, oh, it's a bee game, and it's a bee simulator game, and you get to be a bee. <laughs> so, like, I freaked <laughs> out, right? And uh, I started talking to the the developer, and um, you know he was excited about his game and telling me about it. And I'm like, I'm bee themed, and he immediately like grabbed me a mouse pad and like a t-shirt and was like, here. Um, so every single con, I I ran into them again after. I'm like, hey guys, it's me, and just like talk to them every single time I was at a con. And then at PAX East, not this year, but the year before, they were like, how would you? feel like this is just an idea he's like would you like to voice one of our bees and i'm like yes <laughs> like I'm you kidding me bees <laughs> <laughs> would be so fun um so they sent me the bees that they were looking for voices for and i tried out for like the queen bee and and some of the wasp and um and they liked my my kind bee alice and um, she's she's the tutorial bee so everyone who plays the game gets to listen to me um you know hi little one what's your name and it's it's super fun like it it's really fun to like go into youtube videos and like watch people play the tutorial and like whether they they enjoy it or not no one's no one said anything bad i've always been like are they gonna hate my voice acting because i had never done it before um but everybody's been been cool about it um and then that game came out on a physical copy that you could buy at best buy and like GameStop. And wow! At the time I recorded it, I had no idea because most indie games don't come to physical copies in store, right? You can get a physical yeah. copy through Limited Run or something like that. But so walking into to GameStop and seeing it on the shelf was just like such an amazing feeling that like I can't really describe. But like I've loved video games for so long, and now I'm in one. That is so cool. You should have like told all the customers, hey, um, I'm in this video game. <laughs> <laughs> this is me. Um, so that was a, a really awesome opportunity. And again, that was going to cons and, and talking and networking. Um, and I mean, I was just a fan of the game. I wasn't asking for anything. And 
Um, and that happens. Like you just have to put yourself out there and um, and do it. I, I, if you're trying to get into the game industry, going to PAX, GDC, E3, um, any even the small local ones. There's local indie game um, cons all the time. You know, and things aren't weird, but. Uh, <laughs> The, it's a great way to meet people and at, at at minimum you're meeting other people excited about video games like you are you make some friends so mm -hmm. that that is wonderful i'm really happy that's awesome and it's all just from you're just taking a chance expressing your interest and connecting with people so don't be shy guys just just yeah and talk to people <laughs> you never know and so like we were we mentioned at the beginning you have you are also a streamer and recently you've transitioned from mixer to twitch would you like to talk about any challenges with that yeah so it came at a really weird time for me um well when i found out mixer was shutting down i was like taking a nap on the couch and my boyfriend was like mixer's shutting down and i'm like what do you mean there's no way that's not true like what do you mean they're shutting down um and they had let us know about it through a tweet they're like hey guys mixer's no longer gonna be a thing you can go to facebook gaming don't worry and it's just like facebook gaming like why would i want to do that um yeah they didn't even like give any of their partners a heads up um it was just out of nowhere you've got a month we're shutting it down um and that was pretty tragic for me like i was getting ready to move mm -hmm. and I was like, you know, moving's going to be hard. I'm going to be away from my friends and, and family and, you know, a whole new place I'm going to be in. At least I'll have my stream. Mm -hmm. <laughs> At least my stream community will be there. That'll be like a thing that stays normal. Um, so, yeah, so that hit me, you know, during all the stress of moving. So I wasn't able to like stream a whole lot during that time. And uh, it took me a while to get settled in after the move. So I, I, I it, it was really hard to to start streaming again because you have to start all over on a new platform so i i just recently like in the last week really started like all right i'm gonna try to go live you know a couple days a week get back into the rhythm figure this whole twitch thing out i just dropped my sub button for the affiliate three days ago congratulations um, Thank you. Yeah, so it's been um, a lot because you've got to get all new art and bit badges and sub badges and learn what hype trains are. And there's these things. I, I got comfortable with Mixer. <laughs> I was there for three years or so since mm -hmm. since it was Beam. And um, yeah, so it's just been a, a lot to, to learn and get back in the rhythm. But luckily, I have the most wonderful community. And even if I'm gone for three months at a time, they, they always show back up and and are so supportive and I'm very thankful and lucky to have, have them. Oh, well you, de you deserve it. Think about people you like to watch on YouTube or Twitch or any of these platforms. And you might think, Oh, I haven't seen a video or, or stream in a while. And then when they come back, it's like, Oh, the prodigal son's return. <laughs> so you right. Yeah. Excited. You're just excited. Mm -hmm. I find, I'm just speaking from my perspective. I don't get angry if people have life, going on yeah and i'm just excited whenever they decide to return yeah same i mean it's just kind of like i don't know a tv show you know there's only going to be so many seasons not everyone can stream forever um as much as you want them to um but you know my, my season was was stopped for a couple months and we're back so yeah exactly i mean especially um, with moving and 
that's that's stressful. I hate moving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm finally settled in and I'm loving it, but those first like couple weeks are just all right, where's all my stuff? I have to unbox it, gotta, you know. Uh, we we moved <laughs> our house two years ago and we still have stuff in boxes in the closet. As soon as you unpack them all, you're moving again. It, well, at least I feel like I am. I feel like I move every two years or so and it's just really? like, oh. just leave it in the box. <laughs> It's not, but, it's not necessary to take out, I guess, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, I don't need this. How can but, I become a minimalist? <laughs> I'm, I'm embracing that lifestyle more and more every right. day. You realize how much you can live without like, oh, this is a really cute piece, but if I move, I have to pack it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was, I, I, again, I met you during the women's panel, got to know you that way. And I follow you on Twitter. So in addition to streaming some games, well, how about that? What kind of games do you like to stream? We'll start with that. Is there a certain genre you gravitate towards in particular or just anything? Yeah, um, I have a pretty wide range. Um, I I actually go through phases where I'm like, we're gaming all the time. And then I'll go through a phase where I'm like, I don't want to touch a game at the moment. And I'll go like a month without gaming. So I'm very up and down. Um, When I first started out streaming on Twitch, like back in the day, I played a lot of GTA, Minecraft, Call of Duty, kind of the typical games, because that's that's what I knew. I didn't really know about the indie scene. Um, so I'd play, I'd play those games with my community, and it was a fun time. Uh, but then uh, Games with Gold is how I... Games with Gold and then the PlayStation um, would give you free games as well, and a lot of them were indie titles. And I'm like, I really enjoy these little games. These are cool. Um, and then the moment I think really clicked with me, I was playing... It was, a games, it was a, one of the free games of the month on Xbox called chariot and it's a little side-scrolling kind of puzzly uh adventure um it was really cute um but the game developers came by when i was streaming and they let me know that they had worked on the game and i was like no way like i was like kind of like i don't want to say starstruck but i was very like like a game developer is watching me play their game this is like pressure but also super exciting and i was asking all these questions because i didn't understand how games were developed and I, I think they worked on like the music and they were telling me backstories about some of the characters in the game and super exciting. And then a couple other games I played that were indie titles, the devs came by and like gave me extra like, you know, background on the game. And I was like, this is really cool. I started following them on Twitter and then I learned what publishers did and what I followed studios. And I started to learn about all these, like what indie games are. Um, so that kind of sparked my love for that. And I slowly started moving away from, you know, the big titles, except for, you know, community days or something like that, where it's like, hey, guys, let's hop on Minecraft and build some things together. Um, so now it's mostly indie games. There's so many that come out all the time. And, you know, now that I have all these friends in the industry, I'm like, I have to play their game. Or, if, you know, I'm, I'm talking to a buddy. He's like, did you see this one that came out? It's a really good one. Like, it comes from the studio. And I'm like, oh, I want to try it. Um, kickstarter i'm addicted to kickstarter Uh, but uh so yeah so mostly indies Uh, i i rarely rarely play like the big popular titles now because they take so many hours and you have to have like you have to play it so long to get good at it like i played fortnite for a bit and it's fun but once everybody got super good at it i was just like i get sniped from across the map i don't i don't have fun with this so um, so I do that um, for gaming. So just 
comfy cozy. I, I prefer those as far as indies go, but I'll play, you know, Metroidvania type titles and more action based ones as well. But I like stories. I love, um, I feel like I'm rambling a lot. No, no. <laughs> but I love uh, voicing the characters. So narrative heavy games where there's no voice acting, like mm-hmm. giving each one different voices and, and using, I have a, a Go XLR. I change my voices with it and make them high pitched or like deep and dark and play with oh that a little God. bit. I love it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I think we talked about it in the panel where we said when we were little and we'd play video games, we'd narrate them out loud. So you actually change your voice and everything to fit the character. Mm, it's fun. I, actually, I'm going to see if it'll work. Work, 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 work. Oh, 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 <laughs> so like I can make my voice all high and pitched and like, hi guys, we're going to, we're going to go on an adventure today. And then I can change it down and I can make it like more masculine and like. <laughs> so, okay. You guys, if you're listening to this, I want to know. Do you do this? Because this is amazing. And I did not know this was a thing. And I need it in my life now. <laughs> do you play yeah. prank some people in real life with that? I haven't yet, but I told you should. <laughs> just picture you calling just a start family sh- member. <laughs> like, just start showing up to my business meetings with like this high-pitched voice. <laughs> oh, I kind of like that deep one. <laughs> that one was my favorite. <laughs> oh, man. That would freak someone out. A, a call like... If you're ordering food or something. I mean, now we can usually do it through apps, but. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my God. Yeah. The new, new uh, prank calling. Like <laughs> now they can trace your phone though. So <laughs> true. Cause we were ordering pizza the other day and on the website, it said prank calls will be prosecuted. <laughs> no. <laughs> I think it was uh, like Papa John's or Domino's or something. And I thought, dang, they're cracking down. <laughs> right. <laughs> I wonder how they would handle it. Be like, you know, uh, I'd like a, a large pepperoni pizza <laughs> with extra anchovies and a Pepsi. Thank you. I'm sure they would love that. Uh, it would make my day if we're working somewhere because I'm sure it gets monotonous with people complaining about everything. Right. And oh, speaking of indie games, so you guys just had We Should Talk come out about a month mm-hmm. ago. Did you want to? Yeah talk about we should talk we should talk um so that was our latest title that we launched um it's a lovely team uh that we've worked with some of them before and they uh some of them worked on starcross in the past but um yeah we should talk is a narrative it's a short form narrative game um super unique so i'll just i'll talk about the first time i played it so whitethorn will sometimes let me play the games before they're out on our streaming channel which i need to get back up and running it is it's on my list of things to do um so i played it and i played through it and it was so short i didn't realize you know i knew it was short form narrative but i didn't realize it was that short i think i played through a, a round in like 20 minutes and i'm like oh yeah oh. guys that's the demo and then i was like wait it wasn't a demo that was the game and it's designed to be in these really tiny playthroughs um there's nine different endings so you can play it you know multiple times but I had never experienced a game that was short like that. So it felt weird. It was like, was that it? Like, I want more. Like, this is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, you learn that uh, you play through it multiple times and you have different outcomes. So what's really special about this game is this thing called a sentence spinner. And you basically construct your sentence by scrolling through different word combinations. Um, 
and you really learn how important very subtle words are. Um, trying to think of an example. It's just like when you first start, you do something simple like a drink order. Like I want a shot of bourbon in a tall glass. Well, you can change all those, those you know, those words. So you can be like, I, um, I'd like to order you know, a margarita in five tiny shot glasses, you know, with a kiss. Making that bartender work. <laughs> so you get to change all these combinations, but you start having these, um, your girlfriend's texting you and she's like, Hey babe, when you're coming home, like, you know, I've made, you know, dinner and your response could be like, Oh, I'm sorry, babe. I'm at the bar. Or, uh, you could be a little bit more like abrasive, like not coming home tonight drinking. Like that kind yeah. of thing. Um, yeah. I'm having a hard time like explaining like the combinations, but when very subtle words that you change in the game will alter the outcome, and uh, it's it's very unique. I've never seen a chat mechanic quite like it, and I still can't wrap my head around how Jordan, the writer, managed all these these trees and the writing to make all of the sentences work. <laughs> so yeah, that's a talent right there. And what um what devices or or platforms is this available on? Uh, it is on all consoles, um, Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, and Steam. So you can pick it up anywhere that you game. Um, as far as I know, it's on PlayStation. So, so PlayStation's uh with COVID has had a lot of delays. Mm -hmm. Um, so sometimes uh we'll be waiting on you. You have to. We'll be waiting on on things to be certified. Um, and then also like when it launches in like the UK. So if you're listening and it's like you're in, the, you're in the you're in the UK, we might not have your game out yet there because we have to wait on the the ratings, the Peggy ratings, and those take a lot of time to get approved. Um, so sometimes games come out later in other regions, um, or you know stuff gets held up. But I'm pretty sure it, if it's not out yet on all consoles, it it will be. So awesome. It sounds really cool, and I love the. It, it, it's one of those, almost like choose your own adventure. Like your responses will have different effects, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it definitely that. sticks with you. Um, I'll be texting somebody, and I'll like backspace and like change the wording because I don't want it to seem so harsh or passive. I'm like, how can I say this in a nicer way? And I'm like, oh, that game, that game I played. Like you'll you'll think about it. You're like, yeah, your words matter, and. Yeah. It's um we weren't sure how it was going to be taken because it's so unique. Um we've had such awesome reviews on it though like people are getting it. They're like, you know, this is this is unique, this is special. It hit me. I related uh you know, we you know, when you're in the dating scene and stuff and relationships, they're complicated. And mm -hmm. this game touches on that in a way that I don't know, people connect to. Um and it's been really good that, that it's translated and people have got it. Uh, so it's been it's been fun to see the response. Congratulations. Especially with it being so short, right? Yeah. A lot of people are like, I paid this much money. I deserve 100 hours out of this game. And and that's not, you know, the case here. So Yeah, it's also it's about the quality. And congratulations on all the positivity. And I, I want to pick it up very soon. I It sounds really cool. It sounds up my alley. I recently gotten into those kinds of games about a year ago and I didn't know that genre existed. It's brilliant. That's an, you know, it makes everyday life seem like its own adventure, doesn't it? It's, it, we may not be slaying dragons, but we have obstacles we have to overcome, right? And mm -hmm. 
words yeah. have nuances. I would love to, to hear your feedback on it for sure. Oh, I can't wait. Especially when you said the scrolling thing. That That is cool. It's like those little dating dice. Like like if you've ever watched Bob's Burgers <laughs> when <laughs> they roll the dice um, kiss on the chair and it's this really tiny <laughs> chair. <laughs> they can't fit on yeah. it. <laughs> it's kind of like that. Yeah. For, yeah. A lot like that. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely its own unique thing. And it's neat being in the space where you do get to see these outside the box games. Yeah, I think I'm really happy we're moving in that direction, too. I love adventure games. Zelda's probably one of my favorite series. But sometimes I want something a little bit more relatable than the world is ending. <laughs> <laughs> Calamity Ganon is out again. <laughs> exactly. And as the as the gamers like our age, you know, our average age is getting higher because you know, we've all Thanks been playing. Reminding me. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. As, as we do, like, you know, people have kids and busy lives mm-hmm. and their jobs are stressful and yeah, you're, you're not a teenager where you're like, oh, I can sit and play for 15 hours, like, whatever. Um, yeah, so I, seeing the games change for that, I've seen a lot more people on Twitter recently being like, please just give me a three-hour game. Like, I just want to sit down for a minute and have that I experience. That t- I saw that today. Someone was saying, I'm 32. Can I need a game that doesn't last longer than five hours or something. Yeah. And that's a really good point because... Like right now I'm playing Paper Mario, the Origami King, and I'm at a a boss and I had to put it down just because, okay, I'm going to bed soon. I don't want to get wound up. I'm frustrated. (laughs) And you need those games that kind of are like your chamomile tea, your bedtime warm milk. (laughs) That's that was what was exciting about Animal Crossing coming out because it, it is a game that you can play for just little bits at a time, and it's not mm-hmm. stressful. I guess unless you know those tarantulas are sneaking up on you. But um, oh. I've enjoyed seeing how people just loved it when it came out. Because I've always been an Animal Crossing fan. I haven't actually bought the new one. Don't tell anybody. Okay. Um, <laughs> I need I need time to game soon. But um, yeah, so it's uh, it was cool seeing how popular this one was. Because I mean, I've played a lot of the other ones in the past, and. It was nice. It was nice that it came out at a great time too. We all needed it. I know. It's it's kind of like I wish this weren't happening, but thank you for coming out. <laughs> Thanks for distracting us. <laughs> yes, it's such a good game. And speaking of relaxation, so you also do ASMR on oh, your perfect. on your Twitch channel. Can you explain segue. what that is? Well, it was perfect. <laughs> I couldn't resist. That was, that was great. <laughs> so. ASMR stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response, and that description doesn't help you at all. (laughs) Um, So it's a really interesting thing. The term um, wasn't defined until 2010. And what it is, it's a a reaction your body has to, it can be audio, visual, or touch, but most people relate it to the, the audio experience. And what it is, is like amplified sounds into a microphone. Um, so you'll see a lot of ASMR artists tapping on things or whispering. They're, they're, they're being really quiet into a mic. The mic is amplifying the noise and um, you're listening. Best to listen with head, headphones, but it'll give people a tingling sensation, like in the back of their neck. Kind of like, you know, when someone like brushes your arm and you're just like, ooh, tingles. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. like that, but triggered through audio. And it helps 
not, it doesn't help everyone. So I always tell people, you've got to try it a couple times and see how you react. Because depending on how your brain processes sound, you can have usually like one of three reactions. Some people will get this pleasant tingling, they'll feel relaxed, they'll get sleepy. A lot of people use it to, uh, to go to bed. It can help with like depression and anxiety, people have reported. Um, there hasn't been enough studies done, so any of this information is not like... I'm not a doctor. <laughs> it's not science. Yeah. Disclaimer. <laughs> Disclaimer. Don't ask BU um, about medical stuff right now. Please don't bother her with that. <laughs> but I've had a lot of people say, hey, this really helped in my depression, my anxiety. Uh, one study um, they did said that people experienced up to three hours after listening of reduced depression, which when you're not taking anything and you're just using an audio experience, like that's super valuable. Mm -hmm. Um other people get no reaction. They're just like, what? Why are people into this? You know, they just don't quite get it. They're just like, okay, that's, you know, all right. And then some people, opposite reaction. They hate it. It makes them cringe. And they're just like, it makes them angry on the inside. Whoa. And they just want to throw their headphones off. Um, so it's, a, it's an interesting thing to try to explain to people. Because you just have to try it and see what it makes you feel like. Um, so what is so, your stream like whenever you do that? Is it different each time? Do you have a formula kind of? Um, so yeah, people always ask me like, how do I do this? Um, pick up something on your desk and start tapping on it. Like you can pick up a piece of trash and, and just like. So you can do stuff like that. And, and you can crinkle paper and, and, and whisper. And basically you can create sounds with any object, right? Uh, mm -hmm. People like the sound of hair brushing and uh, water droplets or like sometimes I take like a mister and I do these like misty water sounds and uh, you can make it out of anything really. And it's, yeah, you, you, it's different every time. I do have like favorite objects that people like, like I have like this box. People are always about like, hey, I get the box. Um, I have these soft knitted socks that I put over the microphone and I just like lightly rub on them and they make an ocean sound or like a thunderstorm sound and people really like that that ocean wave like soft like it you know in and out of the the waves crashing on the beach oh that's cool so okay. you'll like yeah you'll learn that certain sounds make sounds that people might relate them to um but <laughs> there hasn't been enough science on it as to why people have the reactions they do some people think it's tied to being in the womb as a baby, um, but we're, we're not sure. I'm, I'm sure it has something to do with like your body or your, your brain trying to identify what the sound is, and mm -hmm. it kind of short circuiting it. Is what it seems like <laughs> to me. Um, but yeah, it's yeah, it's different for everyone. Some people, um, you know, everyone has their favorite sounds that they like. Um, that is really cool. I, I've heard of it, but I, I didn't really know a lot about it. Like there's some beauty YouTubers I really like. And every now and then one of them will try to do this ASMR video, but it, she's whispering and it's so cool. It's so different. And I really can't wait to see what they discover about this. And if you're saying that it can it aid people, Hey, mm -hmm. keep at it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's why I like to do it because it's something that I can do that's easy um, that people find value in that can make their day better. 
I've had people message me um, on Twitter and be like, hey, I lurk in your streams. You've never talked to me before, but I want to tell you that you've helped my insomnia. Like I can never sleep and now I'm sleeping five, six hours a night. And that yeah. that kind of stuff, I'm just like, yeah, I got cold chills. Like that makes me want to continue to do it more. Um, I've had people tell me like I was having a panic attack and the only thing that helped calm me down was just like listening to your ASMR. And uh, so it's something really valuable that it's so easy to do. And ASMR does have like a bad reputation um, because usually when it's exposed to like large media outlets, uh, they only pull up like the more uh, 18 plus kind of ASMR. That oh, is on I, I can YouTube. imagine what direction you're going. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to, trying to keep it clean for the, uh, for the podcast. But um, so people will see these kind of like, uh, we call them wet sounds. Um, they're, you know, they're like squishy sounds and stuff. And, and those, those can be like, not like, they're weird, right? Like it's something that you're like, I don't want to watch this. Um, but then, because that's what they've been exposed to and that's what they think ASMR is, they never really give it an actual chance. And those people who are out there doing it like I am, where it's like, this is just for your relaxation. If you like it, mm -hmm. great. If not, like, that's all I'm doing is trying to just help you relax, kind of meditative. It's like listening to, you know, kind of singing bowls and trancy music and stuff to relax, just like something mellow in the background. Um, but yeah, it does kind of have a bad reputation and, as a streamer, I try to break that and and have people, you know, hey, just sit there for a second, open your mind, you know, try it. Whatever you think you know about it, just let that go for a minute. And see, I didn't even know about the more mature aspect, mature realm. I always just thought it was something because I've had friends tell me, oh, it helps me relax. I've always heard the positives. So guys, <laughs> give it a chance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Don't, um. Don't be embarrassed to listen to it. And do you also have a YouTube channel by any chance? I do. It's uh, youtube.com slash BU, I believe. And um, I do have a couple a ASMR videos on there. I wouldn't say they're great, <laughs> but um, I will be hopefully making some more soon. I used to have my birds in the stream room and they chirp all the time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it doesn't always work for ASMR. Um, some people liked it because it was even more like background noise, kind of like some people listen to like ocean waves and rainforest noises and they'll turn their fan on, right? That helps them sleep. The white noise helps people sleep. Mm -hmm. It's very similar. But now that I have a room where there's not chirping, my ASMR can be a lot more clear and, and focused. So I'm excited to make some videos soon for that. Oh, please keep us posted. I know you're probably going to be really good about sharing that on Twitter and things like that so that people can tune into your streams. And do you, are you mostly a daytime, morning, um, nighttime streamer, or is it kind of varied? Right now, I'm not sure. Um, used to be nighttime, like mm -hmm. I mostly late night, start the stream around seven o'clock, stream till midnight, one, two in the morning. Mm -hmm. um, lately, I've been trying to go live around four or five o'clock. Um, but yeah, I'm so over, I've never had a schedule. So as a streamer, they tell you, number one, have a schedule so people know when you're on. And that made me hate streaming. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to schedule. I'm doing this because I enjoy it. And making it a job made me not enjoy it. So I just don't have one. So if people are around and they catch me, I think it's great. And if, if they, I'm sorry, if they, they can't, they want to. But um, I think you have with streaming, you have to make it fun for you first. 
Um, yeah, people can tell if you're miserable. They're, yeah. <laughs> they're not they're not dumb. <laughs> they can tell if you're not really your heart's not in it. And I agree mm -hmm. with you. I have one of my friends streams and it's random and I don't it doesn't upset me. I'll get a notification. Okay, I can tune in. I can if I can, I can't. Yeah. People have lives <laughs> outside <laughs> of streaming. <laughs> yeah. That's how I watch streamers too. I'm I'm never like, oh my favorite streamer goes live at five. I'm usually like, hey, I'm sitting on my computer right now. Who's on? Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. so my viewing habits are the same as my streaming habits. It's like, you know, where where am I at the time? Okay, let's let's see who's on. Um, yeah, but yeah, I know people like routine, and it's it's recommended, but make it your own, yeah, right? You, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's a yeah. Don't don't come at anybody who's not making a schedule. It's. It, they still have real life outside. They don't, they usually don't, they're not part of these big production studios like with Nickelodeon or other <laughs> companies out there that they have to stick with a schedule with some, where somebody's helping them out. Right. You're, it's mm -hmm. a one woman, one man show usually. Yeah. Yeah. It's all on you. <laughs> That's a lot of work. All right. So what are some of your hobbies outside of gaming? Would you like to share any of those? Uh, yeah. So I actually had to think about this the other day. I was like, wait, I don't have any hobbies outside of streaming because <laughs> I, I stream my hobbies. I'm like, hey guys, I'm cooking. I love to cook. Um, so I, I stream it though because I want to show people that like, you don't have to go to school and be a professional chef to cook at home. We're going to make mashed potatoes today. I know you can do it. Um, but so outside that it's stuff I haven't really shared. Um, I love hiking and being in nature. So I've been doing that and being active outdoors a lot more. Um, now that I ha I'm in a house, there's like a garden in the backyard. So I've been digging in the dirt and pulling weeds. And I've, I've found that that plants, I'm really getting into that because I've always been really bad with plants. I've killed all of the ones <laughs> I've ever had. Um, but now I'm learning about them because I think they're, you know, precious. And uh, so I've been doing that kind of as a hobby. Um I don't really have too many outside of streaming because like my, my job and streaming just is what I love to do. So it's always tied into it. Um, I, I love my pets. I have a bunch of pets and my dog. I enjoy dog training. Um, and I love going to breweries and trying different beers and things. I love uh, craft beers and doing things like that, but, um, yeah, I'm always down to try something new though, but outside activities for sure. That's awesome. And I hope the weather's been pretty nice. It's going to get even cooler pretty soon. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm sure. I hope so. That's anyway, I, do you have a favorite season? Um, I like the fall. I, I don't like it to be too cold. Um, but, you know, a little crisp in the morning. It gets warm enough, you know, in the, in the afternoon. And then all the leaves are so pretty. I, I don't know if I have a favorite, though. Spring is nice, too, because you've got all the little plants coming up and everything's coming alive. And um, I don't like snow but now that i live in the north i'm gonna find out how that is like a huge chunk of of the oh. winter is snow so it'll be it'll be different but maybe maybe i find things i like about it cocoa <laughs> warm fires <laughs> blankets <laughs> yeah well i hope that you can hike in the fall i hope that the weather is nice and that sounds delightful i am super excited i actually have a trip planned in october um, I cannot think of the name of the park, 
but it's in Ohio and me and um, two of the friends are, are getting a cabin for social distancing and, and we're just going to go hiking and, and spend the weekend at a cabin for a little bit and, you know, just kind of unwind. Are y'all, so y'all aren't roughing it. We're going to have like a tent. There's going to be a cabin and a hot tub and <laughs> a stove. I do like roughing it though. I've uh, been getting into hammocks and I, I want to get a camping hammock and, and go, go camp in the woods. <laughs> One of these days. Hammock, hammock hangs. <laughs> you should do that. Soon. That's, that's on the list. <laughs> that is awesome. Oh, I'm jealous. I, where I live in the deep South with the humidity and the heat, just the summer. I like the idea of summer. <laughs> as long as I'm in the air conditioning. Yes, I'd have to say like 6 a.m. and 7 p.m. Those are good times, but in between, it's it's absolutely miserable. Mm-hmm. All right. So you have some, those are some cool hobbies and those are legitimate hobbies. Not, I think that people always assume hobbies have to look like either a sport or something you're grinding for, but something that brings you joy, I think, is a hobby. Yeah, and that can that can be sitting in your garden or, you know, like reading a book or, you know, there's all kinds of like super mellow hobbies and yeah, you're right. They don't have to be extreme sports. I go I go mountain biking and skiing every <laughs> Do you? No, I don't. Oh, oh, I'm <laughs> not athletic. <laughs> athletic is like I would break my ankle. <laughs> I like yeah. I like hiking. Doing it on a mountain bike. Uh, I'll probably crash it into a tree. <laughs> you guys, if you feel that's what y'all are into, please keep at it. Uh, I am not one of those people, and I don't think you <laughs> is either. No, no. extreme sports. For, we'll watch you. We're going to watch right. you guys. So, do you have any fun streaming memories or achievements regarding, speaking of hobbies, it kind of melds together. That's awesome that you get to do what you love. Do you have any special memories that you'd like to recollect yeah um i one of the ones that stands out the most is probably being voted community champion on mixer um and what that was the other partners would submit people that they think represent the community and are good community members and who have brought something to the platform um so they all vote and then they take the top votes and they let twitter decide um you know who they think deserves it and i i got it i was the only woman to receive it and i was also the last community champion chosen before mixer shut down um but that was really special to me just just because people thought of me as someone who represented their community and that just meant so much because i had put so much heart and love into mixer and i wanted to see it do so well um they sent me like a little trophy and i've got a, a really nice jacket with my name on it and it says community champion and they sent me this really awesome backpack um and yeah it was it was really special they did a little article on the website and um that that was a huge pilot for sure um because it felt like all the hard work i've put in i've streamed for over six years and all that hard work felt like it was like recognized and it felt really good oh congratulations Thank oh, you. I'm very eager to see where you develop from here. I think it's only up from here, BU. I think so. It's a new journey. We're we're starting over, and um, 
it's going to be good stuff. Who knows where it'll go, though? So I get to a new slate, new direction. It'll be fun. It will be. I, I think you can only be positive. I mean, it, it, when one door closes, another opens. I know it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. But you, you have such a positive community, positive vibes, very positive presence. So I think that I think it's only good things from here on out. It is. And, you know, it, it's been hard on a lot of streamers and a lot of people have stopped streaming. They're like, I need to reevaluate what I want. And I'm like, well, that's good. Maybe you were just stuck in a stream rut where you were just that was your routine. And maybe there's something else out there for you. Um, and I, I know it hurts to stop streaming because you feel like you're letting people down and all of this. But I, I hope these people who are are moving on to something different really find like a new passion and um, and grow from it because we, we learned so many great skills from streaming. So I know they'll be able to take that to whatever they do next. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, you have to learn so much new stuff when you switch platforms and it's discouraging. I mean, the first couple streams I've had, I've just been angry and frustrated and it's like, I just, oh, I just want to, you know, like, I, I understand why people don't want to go through it again. Um, yeah. but like even the other day when I was frustrated because my computer was breaking and I had to, I, you know, you, you don't understand something to get frustrated. Mm -hmm. But I can't remember what happened exactly. But at the end of the stream, I'm like, you know what? Even though we got frustrated, this came out of it. Like something good had come out of it. And, and we're like, well, we just need to focus on that. We had these little improvements. Let's focus on those little tiny achievements that we got. Not everything being broken, but like we improved here and here. Let's celebrate that. And when you can take that moment to stop and and uh, notice the improvement, uh, it helps you move forward, I think. And it's like, it wasn't a waste. Um, yeah. So that's, uh, that's something I try to make my community aware of. Like, hey, you didn't save your work and you have to redo it again. But look, it came out better the second time you did it. So even though it was super frustrating and you felt, you know, you, you might feel stupid or a failure or something, that next time you went and did it, you did even better. Now you have this cool thing that came out of a bad situation. Um, so you have to focus on those. That's really important. And that's just life in general. Think of, oh, gosh, Sometimes I've, I've seen this quote everywhere where it's like, think about the time in your life where you were hoping to be where you are now. And it's, you're always changing and there's no script to life mm -hmm. at all. It, and if very, you fight it, you're just hurting yourself. Yes. So. Yes. It's very easy to get caught up in comparing, especially with social media. Social media is a blessing and a curse. I'm sure you can <laughs> see that the positives and the negatives is if you're having a bad day and you get on Instagram and you see someone you've known for a while and they just, they're only going to post the highlights of their life, right? They're not going to mm -hmm. post about this fight they had with their significant other or their, their kid drew all over the walls, their dog <laughs> used the bathroom all over the house. Yeah. Yeah. You're only going to see their achievements on even though you want to like be happy for them, there's that little piece of you that's just like, how come they get to have a good day? Like, you know, and yeah, it is, it's easy to do that, but they might be looking at your posts and being like, man, I just, how come she's got like, you know, these things. Yeah. And, um, but yeah, it, it is so easy to compare yourself. Um, it is. 
So, yeah, even with the move, I since I waited so long to stream, you know, when everyone first switched, there was so much hype around it, and everyone's like, I'm getting all these subs and like all this crazy numbers, and like I was happy that everything was going well for them because that's I want. Mm-hmm. You, you have to learn to be happy for other people's success because that can happen to you too. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, at the time I'm like, I, I, should, I was like, I should be going live. I should be hustling. Why am I not working hard enough? Why am I not on their level? Um, is something wrong with me? Why can't I be that? Um, and it, it wasn't, you know, I could, I could have gone live and, and really hustled and did it. But at the time I couldn't do it. I just wasn't in the right headspace, and it's okay because... We all have to do stuff on our own time, and that wasn't my time. And in in people out there, maybe right now isn't your time, but you'll get there. You just have to take those little steps and do it. Do what feels right. You know, follow your gut, and you'll get there. That is wonderful advice. And like you said, with being happy for other people's success, there's so many like aphorisms out there saying lighting someone else's candle does not diminish your flame or take that away. And as you remember being a kid, you'd see the students maybe who were made over or seemed to be so popular and it's really easy to get jealous, but you don't know what somebody's going through in their lives. You don't know what it took for them to get there. Maybe that's mm-hmm. the one bright spot they have. Maybe they've worked hard for it and you, you wouldn't want somebody to be happy for you and your success. You don't want someone envying you or wishing you harm or failure. Mm-hmm. That's, I don't want yeah. anybody having bad <laughs> no, you don't. about me. <laughs> so yeah, don't be that person that does it to other people. When you when you put those bad vibes out there that like, oh, I hate their success, you're telling you're telling the universe that you don't like success. So it's you're not gonna advance towards it because you're 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 putting it out there that I don't like this thing. When you mm-hmm. should be like, you know, like, again, you're gonna have days where it's just like, oh, just, why can't I be that? But you can. You just have to use it as like, if they can achieve it, I can achieve it. Yes, that's 100% correct. And we should all be, the world is heavy and difficult enough. Don't add, don't be the reason someone is miserable. Don't, we've all had people in our lives who misery loves company. They wanted to bring us down in one way or another and surround yourself with positive people and people who want to see you do well, that don't feel threatened by you, who you don't feel threatened by them mm-hmm. either. You are, you are so right. Like you have to surround yourself with positive people and yeah, it's easy to fall into those negative spaces because it's addict. It's almost addictive. Um, I don't know what it triggers in your brain, but it is almost like addictive to, to want to just like complain about stuff. But uh, yeah, when you, when you, when I've even noticed it in my life, I've, I try to surround myself with other people who are positive and putting good messages out there. And when I do that, I'm more of that person. So mm-hmm. like recently, uh, an example is, um, I rediscovered the streamer that, I mean, I've, I've met him at cons and stuff, but I hadn't heard from him in a while. And, uh, his name is Decay Dodo, but he was posting stuff on Twitter, like, you know, all of these positive, like you can do it, you matter, like go out there and, you know get what you deserve. And, and he's been going through like all these, like he's starting to exercise and try to take care of himself and seeing him post those things. I'm like, I want to be that. Like Mm -hmm. I do. better. And then I'm like, well, if he's sharing these things and motivating me, why don't I share my journey? Hey, this is what yoga felt like today. I'm going on a walk. I made this healthy meal. 
And when I'm sharing it, I'm hoping that other people get that same response that I did when I'm, I'm watching his positive things. And, and hopefully that continues to spread. If I do it, maybe I inspire someone else to share their, their positive growth. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we can make the world just a little bit better. <laughs> yes. And, and it's genuine positivity when you do that. There, there are, of course, there's fake, <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like there are people who it's almost too bubblegum. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's almost, it seems a little ingratiating, but you can tell when someone is genuine and they're, they're not trying to earn points. They're, they're just genuinely happy. They're, they want mm-hmm. happiness. And I, I like that you share those kinds of things. I like seeing the food you cook because it gives me ideas because I get in the cooking rut, for example. Cooking rut. <laughs> it's so easy to get in the cooking ruts. <laughs> I know. And some, some days I'm like, do I have to cook dirty dishes today? <laughs> dirty dishes are the worst. That's the worst part. <laughs> or if you run them through the dishwasher and they're still stuff. <laughs> Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> I hate that. I'm like, no, no, I have to hand wipe it down. So much it. work. <laughs> but I also think it's important for people to share their struggles sometimes. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be all the time, but I'll go live on a stream and I'm like, I'm in a bad mood today, guys. But that shows that you're a real person that has, you're not positive yeah. all the time. So, like, you don't have to share it all the time. As an influencer, you have a lot of um, uh, responsibility. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to go online and complain like about other people or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, my haters. I'm not going to talk about them. Yeah. Right? I don't, care. don't give them real estate in your brain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't do that. Like a lot of people will go on Twitter and be like, this person said that. And I can't believe this person feels this way. How about you go on there and be like, hey, this good thing happened today. But it's okay to occasionally like I'm having a really hard day today. I'm going to take a day off or I am, you know, explain to people like, your your emotions it's okay it's okay to do that and and that makes people relate and not feel so alone in some of the things that they deal with um yeah but there's a balance (laughs) yes yes like you don't want to be negative nancy all the time or super ranting all the time but we all have bad days. I had a bad day at work last week and I just (laughs) was venting around the house just like, oh my God, I'm so aggravated. But I got it out of my system and mm-hmm. hey, I feel better. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes letting other people know that you're having a rough day, they'll send you some good energy and bring you up too. So, oh yeah. <clears throat> so that's really helpful to have people like that around. And oh yeah, because everybody has a bad day. Yep. <laughs> 100%. So, what are some current projects or goals you have right now i know you're still you're still adjusting and it's a weird time for the world right now yes it is um currently health and exercise um i've been doing yoga every day i think i'm on like day 15 in a row and i'm doubling it now i do yoga when i wake up in the morning and when i go to bed and i've i've tried to start yoga a million times i usually do 30 days or not even that and then i'll stop but right now I'm so motivated and I have people around me that I can look to, to, to get the motivation from. Um, so doing that, cooking all my meals, I'm trying to do mostly plant-based. I eat meat like once or twice a week, but mm-hmm. trying to eat lots of veggies and drink a lot of water. And uh, so, yeah, like my, my physical health, and I've noticed even within just two weeks of doing it, that it is affecting my mental health. 
I wake up with a smile on my face some days. You know, I still have bad days. I still like, you know, one day will be yeah. like, oh, I don't want to do anything. But overall, I've noticed a, an increase in my happiness levels. That's <laughs> um, awesome. So yeah, personal personal growth within myself is what I'm aiming for right now. Being organized, reading books, um, just, you know, pretty typical, like, good habits. But I'm being really careful not to overload myself to where I'll burn out. It's it's important, just tiny little ones every day. Just like improve one percent every day, and you know, at the end of the year, you know, you're gonna that's be a real, lot. lot that's better. realistic because life happens. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think even if you're just reading a chapter a day, a few pages a day, that's that's something. And you hear that a lot from from authors who say, "I got two hundred words today. It may not have been a whole chapter, but it was it's something." Mm -hmm. baby steps. So that's really important that you're working on your personal growth because that will then spill into your other endeavors. Mm, Yes, it it definitely does. Like, and to have the energy to lift other people up and, and to be that, to be an influencer community manager, like you have to be stable first. So (laughs) yeah, you can't pour from an empty cup. Yes. You're not being selfish by working on you. So important to take fifteen minutes a day for yourself at minimum. Um, even if it's a five minute meditation, just some moment in the day where you just let your brain empty out and just recenter and you can be more productive. Um wow. so, but yeah, like you said, baby steps, um doing a couple pages a day is is better than none. And when you're building habits, you know, like with yoga, if I don't feel like it that day, I'll do six minutes of yoga. It's not much. But it reinforces the habit. Uh, one of my friends on Twitter, uh, Mr. Wild Starfish, is a streamer. And he's always doing fun stuff. He does a lot of music. But he's like, I started off doing 10 push-ups a day and like posted his progress. And it was, it was so motivating. He's like, 10 push-ups a day. Some days you feel like doing more. But, you know, it, it gets you started. And two months later, you see the improvement. You're not going to see it in the first couple of days. But two months of 10 push-ups a day is more than you were doing before. And then oh, you yeah. can increase as you feel your body is ready to. And you'll want to. When you start seeing that progress, you're like, I want to do this like more. Like, this is good. This feels good. That's awesome. And you don't want to hurt yourself. You don't want to jump into a, a 5K if you haven't been running before because you're going to hate it. Yeah. You yeah. You're going to, it's not going to feel good. And then your body's going to be like, why are we doing this? This doesn't feel good. Yeah. One of my favorite quotes is the expert in anything was once a beginner. That's, that's a solid one. I cannot think of who said it. It was not me, but (laughs) it's very encouraging because especially, and I've posted about this on Twitter, on LinkedIn. I don't know if you ever use it for anything. I I don't, I know I'm supposed to. (laughs) Oh no, it's just, it's, um, all these people posting about their career achievements and, and stuff. Again, it's, they're not going to post the negativity mm-hmm. most likely. And <laughs> my boss yelled at me today cause I didn't turn in the assignment. <laughs> <laughs> They're not going to put that on there. So <laughs> it's really easy to see people. Maybe, you know, you went to school with, Oh, they're, they're a CEO now <laughs> or, you know, different things. But you also have to ask yourself, what path do I want? Did, do I, do I really want this particular career? Do I, do I want to go to study this? There, there are a lot of people who are pressured by family, society, their peers to go 
to be these, these are great careers, lawyers, medical field, whatever, but there are also people who have left those fields after investing so much time and money because they're not happy. Yeah. It was, it's always been really important to me to do what I enjoyed doing for my job. Now, sometimes you take a hobby and you turn it into your job and then you hate your hobby. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's always been kind of in the forefront. I didn't go to college. Um, and yeah, it's just, I, I, I knew I wanted to do something creative and luckily I found streaming and stumbled into this, but you don't have to know what you want to do. I didn't know what a community manager was when I went to that con at PAX West when I met Whitethorn. I didn't know what a community manager did. Someone brought it up and they're like, you would be a good community manager. I'm like, what is this community manager thing? Like, that sounds like something I would love to do. Um, and just because you don't know about something, like you might not know what your job is yet because you've never heard of it. So yeah, just keep doing what you love. Yeah, and and school is not this guarantee, like you graduate and automatically you're gonna be making this million dollar salary or something mm -hmm. like that. And you do have to be happy. It's sometimes work is always going to involve some aspects that, oh, this is depressing. This is aggravating. Someone's getting on my nerves. But you have to ask yourself, the do dollars are important, yes, but mm -hmm. the time is important. I find myself valuing more time as I get older, that work-life balance is my time being spent wisely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so important. Well, do you, we, we like to talk about food here Yes, <laughs> to kind of close it out. Are, are there any particular snacks or meals you would like to talk about? Ooh, well, my favorite food on the planet is ramen. Mm. I love all kinds of ramen. It can be the cheap ramen from the grocery store. It can be that $18 bowl at the ramen place. Um, I really want to learn to make that this year on my own. Um, Matt, the CEO of Whitethorn, made ramen the other day and invited me over for dinner, and it was so good. So I'm going to see if he'll he'll teach me how to make it. But um, yeah, I love ramen. And then snacks. Um, I just discovered these Nature Valley peanut butter wafers, wafer bars the other day, and I just I was like, oh, I've never seen these before. I like wafer things. They are the best snacks. They're probably terrible for me, but. They're crispy and crunchy and peanut buttery, and they're my new favorite snacks. So, uh, uh, this is um, Nature Valley who makes the, the granola bars usually, mm -hmm. like the yeah, crumbly was, ones. <laughs> yeah, it was in with the crumbly granola bars, but these were like another level. If you love, like, uh, what are they, nutty, nutty butters or whatever, oh. from Little Debbie, if you like those types of snacks, I love Little is, Debbie's. <laughs> it's like up there. It's my new favorite. Um, and, and it's like, I like to eat frozen fruit. I always buy a bag of frozen fruit and that's what I like to snack on throughout the day. It's refreshing. It's really refreshing and it's easy because you don't have to worry about it spoiling on the cabinet. Yeah. I, I let, I let fresh fruit spoil constantly. I'm like, I've got to stop buying fruit. <laughs> I found an avocado the other day that I lost and I was like, you lost oh, I lost an avocado and I was like, Oh, you poor thing. I forgot I bought it. How old was it? Maybe a week, but it was oh. molded. And oh, you know how no. avocados are. <laughs> Oh, don't, don't feel bad. I, I once <laughs> forgot I had lettuce in the drawer in the fridge. Ooh. Yeah, it was disgusting. <laughs> it was, oh, and the smell of, like... Oh, it was soupy. 
Turns we had to take the drawer Ew. out and just <laughs> oh it had it needed a clean slate but yeah don't sometimes that's why i don't put lettuce down there anymore it's so easy to lose food in the fridge <laughs> it is i guess that's a good problem to have <laughs> that we can fill our fridges that's a positive mm-hmm. thing to look out for it is <laughs> Is there anything else you would like to share with people? I know we covered a, a wide range of topics. We did. We were all over the place and I loved it. Um, well, I, I'm BU. You can find me on social media, uh, Twitter and Instagram at BUHQ. And then my new Twitch um, channel is BU TV. Currently, it might change. But I would, I would just love for you to go check out indie games. Go find a small indie title. Pick it up. Maybe don't even look at the reviews. Just play something outside of your normal your normal games. There's so many wonderful studios out there and wonderful games that nobody, you know, they don't get they don't get the big media press coverage because they don't have all the marketing budgets. But go go find one. Go find one and maybe you'll fall in love. And be their marketing. Share it on your social media platform. <laughs> that you love it. Talk about it. Word of mouth. That's how I find out about a lot of indie games. People recommend them. Yeah, let your friends know for sure. Don't don't keep them to yourself. <laughs> well, thank you so much, BU, for spending time and taking time out of your day to have this interview with us. We really appreciate it. We've been wanting to get you guys from the women's panel and have a nice 1v1, have you shine, share your voice, let people know about you. I have had such a wonderful time uh, during our 1v1. Thank you so much for having me. It means it means a lot um, that you gave me the space to, to just chat. It was it was really nice. Oh, I do it because it's fun. <laughs> it's really enjoyable. It's like like we were talking about. Let let other people's light shine. And there's room for everyone at the table. There's room. Oh, don't, it's not going to diminish your flame on your candle at all. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. If you, you can check us out on YouTube at Boss Rush Games, the 1v1 series, or at Boss Rush Games Podcast, pretty much wherever all the podcast services are. And until next time, I'll see you guys later. Bye, guys. Bye.